Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Mr. Cody Del Mendo has already been riding off into 2023, but we are still here. One more show for us, at least, before 2023. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Jared Willis filling the seat right down there for Mr. Del Mendo. Thanks for coming in, by the way. Last live show of 2020. Yeah, happy to be here. here. Even though my shoe game is not as strong. Yeah, yeah, but like uh, Lacoste, it's very nice. Comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Crocs. They get the job done. Better than Crocs, for sure. Uh, Thanks, everybody in the chat waiting around. I know you like your Crocs, but Lacoste is better. Pitch Doctor will be uh, joining us, I believe, possibly by the end of the podcast. How about that? that? A little something-something for you. We're also going to be doing uh, 10 key moments and maybe a few extra bonus ones from 2022. We know it was a long, long, long year yep. for many reasons. Um, but there were a few that you want to take out, highlight, and not forget. So we're going to go through some of those, and we'll make some New Year's resolutions before the end of the show as well. Um, large national news. You're telling me Pele died? Pele, Pele died. did die about yeah. 20, 15, 20 minutes ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was just broke. It's just announced. I mean, he might have died 30 minutes ago. Right. Well, and well, ESPN, the, news, <laughs> the news broke. News, yeah, yeah. ESPN ago. tweeted yeah. it out about 15, 20 minutes ago. Sean says, where's the Del Softo guy? Cody late again. Uh, Mick Bain, uh, Kenneter says, uh, Grandpa Stucky right. must have issues parking his walker. It's Mick Baconator. Mick Baconator? Mick Baconator. Mick Baconator. All right. I got it. Uh, See, I, didn't, I didn't get that either. No, I, this, I, I was here this morning for the CHO podcast with Rachel. Lawrence. Rachel's in the chat says, free the Crocs. I hey, di- I Rachel's here. I disagree. I saw her video on the yeah. uh, social media account again today. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, go on uh, CHGO Cubs uh, on, on Twitter. I Rachel just watched and Mike. it yesterday, yeah. Yeah, Rachel and Mike from uh, Cubs, Cubs Fans UK, I think is the now, account. See, I, put, I just put together this list of 10 moments yeah, there's another one. That's Rachel's that's trip from London could have been one. in our yeah. top ten. That, that may be the number one fan moment of the year. If it's the CHGO Cubs list, which I guess we could still do as we get into 2023. Right. Rachel coming in studio, that would be in the top ten. We don't even have to do. We can just do like along on, with the on, ice cream social on March 4th on our on our one year anniversary. We could just do our top ten moments of, of our, our first, first year, year. CHGO. Yeah. 
That's there when we we're go. saving it. There we go. That, there we that's go. when we're saving it. Because there's going to be some time Teamwork. filling there. Teamwork makes a dream work. There's <laughs> some time filling going on Let's in there. It. I was wondering, can you guys tell me, when is the right date to cut off the binge eating? I was asking this to Kevin earlier. Like, I've had a solid yeah. week. Like, at what point does that become unhealthy to you? You know? Like, listen... I'm not one of these guys that says have a salad every day and if you eat a cookie, your you know, your body is the temple type thing. I Enjoy a cookie now and then. It's not right. it's not gonna be the end of the world. But when you're doing what I've been doing for the last week, where it's like, you know, ten cookies a day. Yeah. And some ice cream and some custard, and then maybe a couple more cookies, at what point does it become harmful and what time should I be cutting this off? Before January first? I know. I, I, I think you give yourself through the first. Because I feel a little sluggish. Through, yeah. I mean, maybe lighten things up today, tomorrow, but then right. you got New Year's Eve, even New Year's Day. I like to, New Year's Day is one of my favorite days to just be like really lay lazy, lay yeah. around. Even though the bowl games are. Yeah. You know, I'll kind of yeah. put those on, whatever. Yeah, but but uh, Wait, this is another year where the CFP is on the 31st, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, is. it is. Because right. well, I was going to say, That's like, right. thankfully. I cannot the, stand when they do that. It yeah. ruins so much about January yeah. 1st. Well, yeah. Thankfully, the first also falls on a football Sunday, so at least you have a reason to be so lazy they, all right. day. Right. You can oh, watch right. the, the NFL have to watch on the Sunday. Bears on January yeah. 1st. Oh, Del Softo is, uh, I mean, uh, Del Mendo is chiming in. Mizzou fans continue <laughs> to not leave me alone. <laughs> Suck my <laughs> Look at all the guy in the middle's fault. Decked out over here. Yeah. Um, Cody. Took the day off, <laughs> and he just he can't be without us. Yeah, here he is. He's dedicated. He's still here, in the chat. No, That's a, he's a diamond. Yeah, he's surprised also, if he took that link and, and showed a, up here. He's also slandering me in the chat right now. Um, but you know what? Maybe he maybe his team shouldn't have lost to Mizzou, and then it wouldn't have mattered, right? So <laughs> Sean Caselli, all the memories we've made this year. All the places we'll go. It was yeah. a tough year. season. We've had we've had fun here at CHGO. So let's. Again, we're going to do this chronologically. It's not a top 10 list. I want to do it in order of kind of the way the yeah. year unfolded for us. And we don't start that until March for us because we didn't exist until March 1st or 2nd, something like that. Fourth. Because my birthday it is March the 6th, 4th. and it was March like 4th. March 4th. Oh, that's yeah. right. March 4th yeah. was the anniversary. That was the official Chicago. launch. That's right. March yeah. 4th. So 1837, Chicago becomes a city. Tanks. There you go. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and then all the sports teams started tanking after that. Um, March 10th, the lockout ends. And that was a big day for us because we were sitting on these podcasts thinking, are we going to have to do this five days a week into July yeah. before this lockout ends? Like, how long can you do the best list of Cubs first baseman? Or the, right. <laughs> like, how long can you talk about nothing before yeah. you lose your mind. We were, we're like, planning a bunch of, of snake drafts that we could possibly do. Well, like, we're going to do some of those this offseason. We will. But this but was, we were thinking it might be, like, six months. Well, and especially when you're a brand-new show <laughs> trying to get started, get an audience. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. the most in, exciting content. Well, it was funny because it was, like, uh, you know, Cubs and Sox obviously affected by the lockout. Bears had were blowing up the team at that point. The Bulls were, like, the, the hope, but then they were – 
that was at that point where they were on their downfall. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, there was it was the I mean it was a microcosm of what Chicago sports were in 2022. Yeah, like it was just it was it was very disappointing all around. But even at that point, you're like, man, how are we gonna do this <laughs> when yeah. when there's no yeah. there's, there's nothing to to draw the eyeballs in? But obviously, the people that have been here since day one, and the people that haven't been here since day one, anyone that's tuned in even once, yeah, right. has made it made it possible. But that that was yeah. an exciting day when that lockout yeah. ended, and added to the enjoyment of the day for me was the fact that Jeff Passan's Twitter account was hacked oh, that man. day. That's I right. felt bad for him because right. of all the days to have that happen. Yeah. You know, when this, the biggest baseball news of yeah. the year is breaking um, and some, what was it? Some NFT yeah. thing yeah. hacked his account. I, I did feel bad for the guy, but I can't lie. I was, I was laughing. It was kind of funny. Uh, Lodanirin is there. Uh, yeah. Sean is here. Gary's here. Uh, Full squad. A lot, a lot of our, faithful teammates are out there in the chat today. So it's yeah. good to see that they're, they're hanging around. Uh, Niren says worst day was the trade deadline debacle near, and we will get to that. Don't you <laughs> yes. worry. But yeah, um, number 10, but, but the lockout ending was big because it ended sooner than I thought it was going to end. Right. I was worried that it wasn't going to end until yeah. past Jackie Robinson day. And I said, how can they go to the anniversary of Jackie Robinson and let that pass? And not have a baseball yeah. season going. Yeah, it they, was, they got it done. It was one thing when it was the COVID year and you, you couldn't be playing at that point. But, yeah, to be locked out and let Jackie Robinson Day go by and then have some kind of an ar- a different arbitrary day later in the year right. when you celebrate it, it's not the same. Um, so, yeah, it was a big relief that they yes. they got things started. <laughs> and then when you look at it, I mean, the, the start of the season was only delayed by, what, a week? So I think April 7th ended right. up being opening yeah. day. All things considered. Spring training was impacted more than right. the season was impacted. Yeah. And, right. you know, then we also expected the lockout the second it ended. We thought it was going to be just like fantasy land where owners were just going to be buying free agents left and right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really take yeah, off that it way. It took a little bit yeah. of time for sure. It, it was a little slower than we expected. You know what took off right away? Was because we were here. I think we, right. had, we had just ended the show when that news broke. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Jake, Jake, our GM, comes out. He's like, are you ready to go to Arizona tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. Right. I guess. Off you go. Yeah. So that was a, that was, that was, that was a big surprise. Yeah, we were like, me. nice to meet you, Ryan. See you later, Ryan. See you. I was like, <laughs> I, I'd be, I'd been doing the show for a week, and all of a sudden I'm down in Mesa doing spring training. Like, We hadn't even had time to really plan out how we wanted to no. do coverage of spring training. It was just go. There you <laughs> so, go. Yeah, it was uh, one of those where you had to wing it, but it was also, like, that was a huge day, not only for baseball, for us, obviously, the, the uh, CHGO Cubs and yeah. White Sox, whose jobs and the way we do coverage rely on uh, baseball happening. So uh, that was a big day, and obviously first, with the lockout having disrupted the first, the beginning of the year, first big milestone for really any team in baseball. I yeah. would say, so we went from that to waiting for the signing, and then the next thing, the cup, because Stroman had happened that prior to it. Just before the lockout started. Just barely in time. So, so yeah. that was mm-hmm. prior to CHGO. Yeah. So for our 2022 calendar, it went lockout ending, and then you went to March 18th. Seiya Suzuki signs with the Cubs. Five for 85. And... We were wondering if the Cubs were going to get him. When you look back on it now, say a signing, there was a lot of fanfare around it. You know, it mm-hmm. was, 
there was all the, are the shirts going to be say a later? What's the first call going to be for a home run? All those things. We had no idea what to really expect from this player coming from Japan. Yeah. When you look back on it now, what do you think of the first season that he had with the Cubs? When I look at it, it's, it was, it was a, oh, it was a good season. It wasn't, it was positive he, is the it, way it was I'd go, positive. right? Yeah. I think the biggest positive with it is you saw how awesome his, his like first few weeks, first month even, was fantastic. And, you know, he won the April Rookie of the Year. Yes. And you're like, this guy is going to be an all-star. This guy, like, uh, he's, he's about to live up to the contract just this year alone. And then he went through his struggles. He went through struggles. He got hurt. He had his ups and downs. But you saw every single time the league started adjusting to him and he started to, you know, go through his extended slumps. He reversed course and ended up getting back on, on back on track. And you know his September and October is the way he ended the year. I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but the way he ended the year was very very positive. And it was just another like his third time of like, man, he going through a slump. Oh, then he busts out of it and and, and you know is hitting the cover off the ball and and being the guy that the Cubs thought they were giving. You know they were getting when they spent about a hundred million dollars when you include the posting fee to bring him to Chicago. Um, so it wasn't an all-star season or anything. No, I mean, I, maybe those expectations were, if, if anyone had them preseason, were a little exaggerated. Like, no one really expected yeah. it. But we um, hope, a lot of Cubs fans hope yeah. for, like, some yeah. superstar player to come over. But if he becomes this guy improving each season and yeah. you look at a 5 for 85, you will say, what a bargain just based right. on the last free agency. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at his month-to-month splits right now because since – you know, Ryan mentioned it. Mm-hmm. You do see sort of a he come he comes out in April and doing really well. He had four home runs. He's hitting two seventy nine, and then it is kind of like. And I know there's an injury in there. Yeah. Um, but you see a little bit of where there's kind of some back and forth where the league adjusts to him. He hit two eleven in May, but then turn around and hit two eighty six in July. Then you see two fifty two in August, but then it's back up to two eighty two in September. Mm-hmm. So. You can see that back and forth of the league's adjusting to him, but he's adjusting back. And from a player that's going, you hope is going to become an all-star player, that's exactly what you want to see. He's figuring out the league as they're yeah. figuring him out. And not to mention, he's also learning how living life in the United yeah. States and uh, the travel and all the different cities and places he's never been to. A language that is not his first language. Right. The language, the brand new set of teammates and coaches. Yeah. And, you know, there's a huge learning curve there. Yeah, and you can attest to this. Like, the fact he doesn't know English, but you could still see how, like, funny and he, he, mm-hmm. his personality still would shine through throughout the season. Even when he first got to, you know, Mesa, you could tell the whole, um, you know, Mike Trot, I love you thing, right? Yeah. Like the, didn't, he, didn't he pat David Ross on the belly yeah, or something? Yeah. Some, oh, something yeah. like that. Like, it was... There was, like, even though the fact that he doesn't speak the same language, you know, I mean, he doesn't speak English, which a lot of us do, especially in the clubhouse, you could still, like, nothing got really lost in translation as far as, like, you could tell he's a jokester, he's, he's, he you has fun, he loves yeah. baseball, like, yeah. all that still shined through regardless of the fact he didn't speak the same language that we do, which that's as big a testament as anything to, if he, I mean, he's a, he's a great clubhouse presence even though he doesn't speak the same language as pretty much every player in that clubhouse you know a lot of guys speak English a lot of guys speak Spanish there's not I don't know anyone in that clubhouse that speaks Japanese as well maybe they translator have, yeah translator. Yeah, I think well, that's, yeah, that's yeah, really toy, it, right? yeah for sure but that's you know that's basically it you could um, you could see how that could become lonely 
um, for a player potentially, sure. yeah. but it didn't. It yeah did not seem that way with him. So I just remember something that sticks out again. You mentioned the end, which was a, a positive vibe going into the off season. In the beginning, remember how he seemed to know exactly what the strike zone was. Yeah. Right. Like, and he wasn't going to swing at all at anything out of the strike zone, and that eventually changed. But to watch him show off that ability early in the season was fascinating and then the adjustments were they were really good to see at the end of the season and he was in the beginning when he was going through that whole strike zone thing that when he came out and said admitted that he wasn't using any of the video stuff yet yeah that he just wanted to see with his Mm -hmm. own eyes the pitchers in the national league and different teams that they would face. He wanted to see it with his eyes. He didn't yeah. want to worry about going back and looking at video. He didn't want to break it all down. So that stuff didn't come until the struggles started to right. peak up. And then he realized he could use that. But he wanted to see it with his own eyes before he wanted to see it from a technology standpoint. And it's, it's smart because don't, you know, don't take on too much at once. You know, given, like we just talked about, everything that he's learning – as he plays his first season here, you know, don't don't add another layer to that if you don't have to, or at least right. wait to incorporate that later. Uh, and I remember him fairly early in the season mentioning in a post game interview that the the types of pitches he was seeing here were unlike what he had been seeing yeah. in Japan. He mentioned specifically that like there's breaking pitches that guys just either don't really throw over there or don't throw the same way. Mm-hmm. So some of it was for him is learning how to, okay, what is, you know, when these guys throw this type of pitch here, what does it look like? How does it move? Where does it go in the zone? Um, stuff like that. And I think, yeah, um, learning how to just see that with your own eyes first and then go from there and then use the technology yeah. to help you to the next level. Right. Yeah, like, like just going back to the original question, I thought, you know, it was, it was a good season for what it needed to be. Like yeah. no one expected him to be an all-star and no one also expected him to, like, lead the Cubs to the playoffs or anything. We all knew right. this was going to be a season for not just Saya, but a lot of guys to start just kind of developing at their pace and not just going all in to try to make the playoffs or win the World Series, whatever it is. Like, this was the perfect season for Saya to have come over. I mean, up outside of not having a regular offseason, of course. But the perfect season for him to come over and join the Cubs in a season where he could just play right field, play every day, provide he's healthy, and and – you know, just acclimate to MLB at his own pace. And that's, yeah. you know, a guy like Matt Mervis is who we're talking about for 2023. And it's a different situation, but it's kind of the same. It's like, that's another guy you don't want to – it's it's not a season where you need to rush him into this huge role and, and expect great things out of him. It's just let him get to the let him get to the major leagues, let him adjust to the game at his own pace, and then you go from there. And that's what 2022 was from Saya. And so I was impressed at a lot of the things he did, um, just adjusting to major league baseball and life in America. So the Saya signing happens and then we get actual baseball, which we weren't expecting necessarily. And the opening series, April 7th to April 10th against the Brewers at Wrigley Field. And we had fireworks, right? First you get Kyle Hendricks out dueling the Brewers. Then you get Nico with the first home run of the season. Like who had, who had Nico hitting the first home run of the season? Cause he's one of those guys you just mentioned guys kind of trying to prove themselves at the big league level. He certainly did that. And then the asterisk on the whole series, which was the highlight of the series, Keegan Thompson 
flunking Andrew McCutcheon mm-hmm. and kind of I don't want it wasn't setting the tone for the Cubs, but I will say it sort of set the tone for Keegan Thompson's prove it season. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of a throw the shoulders back and, yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. here and you're going to like it. The shoulder shrug, like chewing the gum. "Mm." Yeah. Didn't care. It was was a veteran he hit. Well, that's when Cody Cody started that campaign for Keegan Thompson to be mayor of Chicago. That's right. That was that day. (laughs) But, I mean, Jared, you were there on opening day, and it was like I think the Red Sox and Yankees were supposed to have played earlier. Right. And that got postponed or delayed or whatever it was. So when Nico hit that home run, we were incredibly shocked to see that. Um but it was it was that whole series was they came in weren't expecting a whole lot and eventually our expectations were kind of proven right that the Cubs weren't yeah. going to be a good team last year, uh, but they came in that first series won the first two games against the Brewers guys like Nico showed up Keegan as you said kind of set the tone that he's just going to be this guy that comes out and gets outs out of the bullpen and, and those were two in my opinion two big moments for a big moment. In, in both those two guys' season. Obviously, it's the first one of the season for each of them, but two big moments for them to show, like, hey, you know, these guys, they got something with these two guys. Mm-hmm. They got something with Nico. Keegan might not be a, a, a starter moving forward, or, or that may not be where his trajectory goes. But then this guy's, he, 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 that was, that getting ejected was after he had already thrown two and two thirds shutout innings. And that's yeah. what he did all season. That was, that was the first of him being like, yeah. I'm this guy, I'm going to come in, bring, you, want, you know, want me to go out for three innings and just get a bunch of outs? I'm going to do it. Like, that's what Keegan Thompson proved, and that was the first day that, that he really showed he has that ability. And then, you know, he backs up Wilson Contreras and plunks Andrew McCutcheon. Like, it was, it was a good weekend for those guys. And I like to see a little bit of that kind of thing from our players sometimes, you know, a little bit of I'm going to – I'm going to – Swag, a little, yeah, bit, a little bit of chip of swag, on the shoulder. Yeah, have a little chip on the shoulder. Um, you know, one of my favorite things about watching John Lester pitch was what they, they called, like – the red ass. You just, yeah. yep. you, you know, you're a little bit angry out there, a little bit mean. Maybe not as much as Carlos Sombrano's <laughs> version of he it. Was, but yeah, like, he, he was, yeah, he was on a, a he was on an epic <laughs> level. Um, I'll never forget the game that he tossed the umpire. Yeah, and he gave him the glasses. Uh, yeah. Opening day. Yeah. And you then, need glasses. He, didn't he throw his glove out in the center field or something? Threw a, a bucket of balls in the or, center. Yeah, I that's, I'm a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was not to get us all sidetracked. Oh, but no, I love talking Big Z. Big Z. I could talk, hey, I there's could talk one of our Carlos list. Zambrano yeah, for a whole episode. Yeah. You know, if, He's one of my favorite Cubs players. Me too. To cover and, and watch. Like, yeah. Because his, at that time, his bat was just as exciting. Like, when he came up to bat. Oh, yeah. The whole stadium oh, yeah. stopped. He was awesome. Yeah. The whole stadium You're stopped. You're see oh, what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, and just loved, like, his interviews, you know, with. Back yeah. in the day when he said he got an injury or something, and he was basically was like, yeah, I got hurt because I'm too fat. Um, it just, yeah. The Wee Stinks meltdown. Wee Stinks, yeah, he got yes. mad. So it's all good. The opening series was fun. We had not expected necessarily that. And then May 17th, you know, we talk about Nico the first homer proving it. Thompson we also knew, knew was going to be like a, a prove-it type year. But May 17th, we had two major league debuts. Mm-hmm that I don't know that anybody expected it to be show-me seasons for either of these guys. Christopher Morrell comes in in his Major League debut and homers. And then Brandon Hughes makes his debut. And uh, what's the stat, Ryan? First pitcher, modern era. First pitcher in the modern era uh, to record five or two. So first pitcher in modern era to debut as a reliever, record five or more outs that game. Um, each coming as a strikeout, I think, is the one. one was of the- this your stat? 
No, just the one, or, or that one's later. I think in the that show. was uh, that was later in the show. This okay, was yeah, uh, yeah. I want to say it was like ESPN stats and info, one of the, or stats by stats. Right. One of those. Oh uh, yeah, first pitcher in modern era to record five or more outs. Okay, so this is yeah, first pitcher in modern debut. era to record five or more outs in debut with each coming as a strikeout. Right. That was that that day was crazy because. You know, again, you had Morrell getting called up for the first time. He was getting called up for the first time. So just even pregame, kind of running around, talking to a few different people. And about not big-name prospects. No. They were both like, yeah. who's this guy? He's coming in. No. Oh, nice story. No, they weren't Caleb mm-hmm. Killian coming up. wasn't Brendan Davis coming up. It was like, you know, Morrell was a guy that came up just because the Cubs had so many positions that were lacking depth because of injuries that they're like, we need a guy who can play five, six different positions. <laughs> Bring up this guy from Double A. Uh, Brandon Hughes kind of came up. Uh, he was a guy that was doing really well at Triple A. Um, a few years removed from being an outfielder, which still shocks me that this guy is now a, feel, feels like a really good back end reliever. Three years, three ish, four years. Most counted years. on reliever at the oh, end of the man. season. And that's coming off, yeah, right? yeah. three, four years yeah. of him being an outfielder in the system and almost getting cut because there was no room for him. Right. Like that's. That's still very impressive to me, but just that day in general, you know, Brandon Hughes going out and dominating. He he came out before, uh, he, or he got in the game before Morrell did. So he came out and he dominated, and that was just like that, you know, the energy in that ballpark when he was out there doing his thing was awesome. And then Morrell comes in. I think it was the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, uh, on hmm. Cody's birthday. On Cody's birthday. The, the birth day, of Delmetric. Yeah, the day Delmetric was born. Um, you know, but, but he, you know, homers and – like he, I remember uh, one of the things he uh, told Rivas and and Contreras that he was gonna he called a shot that he was gonna homer, not even knowing he was gonna go into the game, but he had told them the inning before that he was gonna home run if he got, when he got in the game, um, and he did it. I think he was the first one since Wilson back in 2016 to do that to in his first at bat, yeah. um, and then you saw the dugout and and how like Wilson specifically, but right. the whole dugout celebrated. Um, this was a kid that came up. I know there was a, the story of of you know his. Uh, freak injury uh, back when he was still kind of uh, working through like summer league stuff uh, in the, in the Cubs, like out in the, in the Dominican. Um, By the know. way, Gary Ross is correcting me. He's, he's right. I probably didn't work right. He's like Cubs fans who follow prospects knew who he was. Yeah. He was top 15, he but was, he was, he was, he was not one of your premier prospects in a loaded farm system. He, he it was still a guy. farm system that you were yeah. rebuilding and he was number 50. Like he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the guy that you were like, oh, no. like, Morel's coming up. Like, let's go. It wasn't Nobody was looking way. for the Morel debut at the beginning um, of the and season. And I think our perspective on that kind of thing has been th- skewed a little bit in the last six or seven years because we had some years of, oh, this Javi Baez is coming up. Right. Chris Bryant's yeah. coming up. Wilson Contreras is coming up. We, I think we got used to having these, like, big prospects make their debuts where, yeah, Morel was still – he's definitely – he's a guy – but yeah, compared right. to a little bit of what we'd gotten used to, when he, because I, I remember thinking that too when he got called up in May, I was like, oh yeah, Morell's coming up. I was vaguely aware of the name, right. knew a little bit Gary, about him. We're not him, saying he's yeah. a no one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. again, I'm, <laughs> say, I'm saying he was a. He, you're saying number fifteen, I believe you, fifteen prospect in a farm system you're trying to rebuild. He was not a prospect that around Major League Baseball people were like. Hey, did you yeah. hear Morell's gonna yeah, make right. his debut tonight? Well, that, and then he, that's, he's not one of those. That's when I say right. it wasn't like you know a few weeks later when Caleb Killian got called up, and everyone had been waiting for that to happen, pounding their fists. When oh is Killian God. coming? Was, up? When is Killian coming? When is Brendan Davis gonna make his debut? Those yes. were the names you were hearing yeah. at the it, beginning. It wasn't Morell, but obviously, and like you said, it was a prove it kind of years. Like, Great season. okay, this is a new kid. 
maybe the the average fan hasn't heard of him. Just guys that people that don't follow the Cubs prospects that closely. Um, the average casual Cubs fan didn't hear of him, but he came up and again homered in his first at bat, and then had a really up and down, but still impressive rookie year at 22, 23 years old. Yeah, right here. I, coming I, straight up from Double A, like it was, it was it was yeah, a you, fun year for Morales. Consider, yeah, he jumped Triple A and came here. Um, and you know, looked at his, you know, you look at his numbers, and he definitely, the second half was a lot quieter than his first six or seven weeks or so. But even though his his batting average took a big dip. Um, Still hitting for some power. He had, in the first half, he had nine home runs, but still hit seven more in the second half. So, you know, definitely some good things. He was striking out a little less often. So, you know, some signs of development. He's clearly like a talented player. So, um, yeah, I like Gary's saying, you know, if you follow this, this kind of thing, then yes. He's right. a guy we knew, but right. And, again, that's when you're looking at the grand scheme of a of a franchise, an organization from drafting guys at the very bottom to all the way to the top, your, your top major league player, mm-hmm. there's so much more information out there now yeah. that gets fans hyped about prospects than ever before. So if you were talking about a number 20 prospect in an organization 10 years ago, you never would no, hear that name. Right. But now, now you do hear those names, which is um, – which is fun for sure, especially when a team is rebuilding. So the next day we go up to is June 17th, and there was the 10-game losing streak, right? Heading into that day, yeah. Keegan Thompson beats the Braves. Shoves against the Braves. Against that, the Braves. that was the one where it was like how – I was worried with the Braves being in town and at 10 games. I think I made the statement before the game, this could go to like 17, 18 games. Well, it was at yeah. that point where – It had that feel where this could get out of hand. Yeah, it was at that point where the Cubs had lost 10 straight. I think the Braves came into that series having won like 14 straight or something Yeah, they like were that. on like opposite oh, man. trajectories and, at that and, point. And it was – you had the three games against the Braves, and then you had four or something in Pittsburgh after that, and it was like – this could hit 13 pretty easily, and you never really know what's going to happen against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had already beaten them yeah, they in weren't multiple well series the that Pirates. year. So it was like this this series could go on for – I mean, uh, this uh, losing streak could go on for a while. Um, and then Keegan comes in, six innings, two walks, two hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. I guess a really good Braves lineup. Before that game, yeah. I think I also said this team might lose 100 games. I think it was it was trending it, it, that way. It was for looking sure. very. It wasn't going well. Yeah, but it was it was yeah. It, it, Keegan, it was one of those where we know he didn't have as much success as a starter um, than he did out of the bullpen this year. And, and like I said earlier, starting pitcher may not end up being what he does in um, you know the major leagues for the rest of his career. He may stick as that long relief weapon, which we know has become a lot more valuable in today's game. Um, but it, that game itself showed you, like, hey, he could be a very viable starting pitcher, and if he ends up just being a long relief weapon, you're also really comfortable throwing him in for a start or two if you need it. Like, when you're in a pinch, you need a guy who you can rely on to get outs. Keegan Thompson's your guy. Like, it was yeah. one of those games that, like, Keegan Thompson is a good pitcher. He will be a good pitcher in this league, um, and the Cubs, you know, provided trades or whatever. You never know what's going to happen, but the Cubs have a, have a guy they can rely on for, for what feels like a, for years to come. And you also, in 
in that series, you got that nice Contreras brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. moment. Um, it wasn't Multiple that times. same day, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one that maybe now they can replicate in Milwaukee or St. Louis next year. But, um, but yeah, that was it was a cool moment to see them, you know, get to do that. And and I think as the year went on, there was some Contreras fatigue with all the farewells yeah. and the you know all that. But uh, that was a cool thing to get to see yeah. in person, to be at the ballpark for. Um, when, if I remember right, Wilson came up to bat and William was behind the plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they hugged and there's, you know, and they both did well offensively that yeah. day too. So, you know, just a cool thing to, to be there to get to see during that series. Yeah, and I think they had been in Atlanta earlier, right? And then but he they didn't play against yeah, each other. Yeah, they didn't. Right. They did the whole the, the lineup card thing. We'd already seen thing. the lineup card thing, yeah. Um, but they didn't yeah. actually play against but each other. But this was so the that, first time they were, yeah. So it, it may have been that game, that Friday. Because that Friday was a, was the day that Keegan pitched, and that was the game one of the series. So it, it may have been, been that game as well. It might, be, yeah. it might have been that game as well. So, so those are go. our first five moments that we remember fr- chronologically in the season. We're probably leaving some out. We'll get to some of those uh, extras later, we'll, we'll and we'll do the next mentions. five. But first, Green Ridge Farm, a Chicago local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural option, makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches, all-natural meat sticks, hardwood smoked for eight hours, 16 grams of protein per stick, making a perfect post-workout snack. They come in flavors like chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they are made from recipes, generations in the making. And being all-natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigeration section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your Chicagoland grocery stores. Right now, when you order three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of their meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free just by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Why would you get your meat from somebody in Wisconsin when you can use a Chicago meat company? Doesn't make sense. ComEd Facility Assessments. ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve, save money, and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether that's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person. They can be done virtually. They'll last approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips. To schedule your free facility assessment, go to comad.com slash poweringbiz. If you're ready to sign up for that facility assessment, you can also call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak to a comad Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them, businessee at comed.com. Request an online assessment on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. We are counting down 10 moments from 2022 that we will remember about the Cubs, good or bad, doesn't matter, and we are down to now August 2nd, the trade deadline, the day we waited for over 
and over and over. And Cody did so many stock going up tweets stock and stock, up, stock going down. down tweets for players throughout a game that the app store didn't know what to do with that. So it was crazy. And then we get to April 2nd and we sit here for what we think is going to be the biggest show in CHGO Cub Sports history, at least early <laughs> on. And what a day. Hap is still a Cub. Contreras is still a Cub. Yeah. And we're left here going, what just happened? Yeah, what, well, what's going on? Well, it was funny because, you know, that whole last month and even before that, Hap and Contreras peppered with questions, you know, trade, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you feel about it? Would you be open to you know, all this different stuff? And then it ends up not happening. <laughs> and, you know, Contreras had, had multiple goodbyes at Chicago or at Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, you know, him tearing up, talking oh, to the us. Hugs, after a the game. hugs between Hap and Contreras. Oh, Hap man. and Contreras was a heartbreaker, right? Man, and I mean, then hugs in the in the dugout. Yeah. Mar- I mean, it was Mar- like a 15 second, 16 second solid hug. Yeah. I'd still like to know what Ian Hap was saying to him in his ear, whispering sweet nothings. <laughs> probably. I could send Connect all the way to wherever you're going. It's yeah. probably rec- coffee recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Now, to, now, to be honest, I'm. I'm glad Hap is still a Cub. Like, I'm glad he didn't get traded. The Contreras part is confusing to me because I think they had already decided what they were doing with Contreras, Mm -hmm. and it still feels like they misread the market or ran out of time. And I I think, yeah, I think it's more like they they had what they thought was a deal, Yeah, and then when it fell through late, there wasn't really a solid backup plan that they could go to quickly enough, and they just ran out of time. That's what um, I felt like. And too. all they got yeah. was the the pick. Because as we've right. now learned, it was the Astros kind yeah. of they had the deal for I want to say it was um I can't remember the name. One of the, one of their pitchers. But uh, Dusty's the one that was like, eh, I don't want a guy yeah, in a contract they, here. They nixed it last second, so it felt like they kind of got stuck flat footed and didn't have anywhere to go after that. Um, you know, we didn't know that at the time. It just felt like what the hell happened? <laughs> like that's yeah. that's literally what the feeling was like, well, how like what is going on? We're watching the clock. And then Ken Rosenthal tweets out like five minutes after the deadline, Cubs are not trading in Happ and Wilson Contreras. And we're like, and I, it wasn't disappointment really for me. It was just surprise. Yeah. I was Shocked. surprised because I, just, I yeah. thought everybody was going. Well, and, and in hindsight, I, I think they probably were much less aggressive in, in shopping Ian Happ. I think that was mm-hmm. not really as much on their radar maybe as we thought it was, at least at that point. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Contreras comes down to as, as simple as they thought they had a deal lined up. They thought mm-hmm. they were, you know, we're, we're doing this. It falls through at the last minute. You don't really have a backup plan and don't have time for calling other GMs and seeing what else you can do. And then it's like, okay, well, now I guess we're, we're keeping you. Screwed. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. No, because I remember I think Chris Martin was traded that Saturday prior mm-hmm. And then, like, that Monday was an off day, and we were in the office, and that's when Ed Frost got traded for Wesneski, which, as it turns out, that trade looks awesome for, for the Cubs and potentially for the Yankees. I know Ed Frost got hurt. Um, so like, the last-minute deadline is what we're really yeah. talking about. Like, the last hour of the deadline, yeah, it was, we thought big names on the Cubs were going Contreras because we believed and were right <laughs> that they weren't bringing him back. Well, you guys were live for, like, two hours, weren't right? you? <laughs> Waiting and, for and it. And because here's a guy who was playing at an all-star level at that point yeah. and a gold glove yeah. level, and he only had one more year left on his deal, and we thought, they're deep into this rebuild. They had just right. gone through a 10-game losing streak. So if teams weren't calling about Ian Happ, I'm surprised. Yeah, it was, it was one of those days, like, as you mentioned, yeah. where we were just, like, shocked. 
Like you're shocked. I mean, I, it, it always takes two sides, you know, two two to tango and trades like that. So if the cut, whatever the Cubs aren't will, or are willing to give up or they're valuing guys too high, like that could always nix a deal in itself. But it was like these two had been in, and it wasn't just like us speculating. There have been rumors and, and reports of like really big interest in both those guys and and mutual interest in obviously dealing those guys for whatever. Whatever they went through the emotions getting. of it all season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and it was, in a, I think, especially Wilson, really expected it to happen. Yeah, he, because, Ryan, as you know, I mean, his, his demeanor in the clubhouse, the way he was with us, was a guy who was thinking he was going to be traded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day or so before the deadline, um, I remember, you know, a bunch of us after postgame stuff were saying our goodbyes. I, you know, yeah. went up to him and shook his hand and yeah. said, hey, it's – you know, it's been a joy to cover you the last six years. Um, and he had, like, tears in his eyes. Yeah. You know, be, obviously because he likes me so much. Right. But, <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, he was a guy who was fully expecting to be traded. So, um, you know, that wasn't just us kind of hyping what we thought was going to happen. It was it's what everybody thought was going to happen. But I, I think, too, kind of looking at it the same way, um, Hap felt a little less so. Yeah. Um, he was getting asked about it, but it wasn't the same. And I don't, yeah, I just really looking back on it. I don't know how much the hap trade talks were really taking place. He thought, he thought there was something going on though, because he was saying his goodbyes to people like bleacher Jeff and Mm -hmm. thanking the people in the bleachers. Like if, if this is the end of my Cubs career, right. I want you to know that it was special. (laughs) And that's what he said to us. Like the, after the trade deadline had passed, he's like, like it was your fault. Like the, the media is the one that kind of got let this narrative run wild, which uh, fair enough. But it was also, it, again, the the rumors and the reports had that like teams were reaching out about Hab, and there were definitely right. multiple teams his, that had his name fits. was mentioned in a few rumors. And there so was the yeah. White Sox made a mistake if I mean, they weren't calling. There were they there needed were a left-handed bat and an outfielder. Right. There were teams that could have used a guy like Ian Hab this mm-hmm. year, um, and uh, you know a deal just didn't happen. So Sox were asleep like their manager. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> Uh, the next, so the next thing the after year. the trade deadline then was the Field of Dreams game, which Ryan went to. Yep. Made the drive to Iowa. Saw yeah. the players walk out of the corn. It was fun. Griffey yeah. walked out of the corn. We picked the right year to launch. Um, obviously, if we were a year later, I would not have been able to go. But that, that was really cool. And we talked about the Sox and the Yankees in 20, 2021 and how just like, yeah, you got that on the screen. Look once once you get it there. Um we talked about the, the Yankees and the Sox last year, uh, 2021, when it was like storybook, Hollywood-written yeah. ending, the you know, Tim Anderson walk-off, and just the first year of it, and it was all super cool. And then we have, you know, the Cubs <laughs> trying uh, to do it. Can you, He's can trying you to get it on the it? camera. This, that's, that's your placard says, from where you're supposed yeah. to sit. It's and it's CHGO on it. And it's on a sticker in blue Sharpie. Now that yeah, you want official, you're not racing. Yeah, that. it's uh, did they were it's you? It's not the diehard card, but it's. Did they permit you to take that, or was that one of those like? You steal that? I'm gonna just slip this into my. Yeah, well played. Well played. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, slip this into my laptop not, bag, and yeah. you know maybe. Yeah, right. If it's not bolted down, yeah, that's right. exactly. I'd probably take it with you. I probably would have grabbed a couple ears of corn myself. It's it's like the corks I took off the field in 2016. I have a 20 a 2003 cork and a bottle. Yeah. I don't know Ooh. where they are. I think okay. I got corks and bottles somewhere. in the dugout afterwards. I also Everybody's have, gone. <laughs> I also have a set of 2003 World Series tickets, but that's a whole other oh. topic. Oh, brutal. Ouch. 
Ouch. Field of that, Dreams. So you, uh, you, yeah, would, sorry, that's you would give that, you would say that was a nice experience? Well, I mean, when we, we go into it and we're like, the Cubs and the Reds are both bad teams. Like, how are they yeah. going to do anything to make this worthwhile? And, you know, outside of the Harry Carey hologram that everyone else got to see but me, and it most people did not like it. Uh, you know, the, the Griffey's coming out of the corn, having a catch, the rest of the led, the Reds and Cubs legends coming out, just the whole vibe, the atmosphere, obviously very, very intimate versus what a major league stadium is. I mean, the, the whole event was really cool, and it was, you know, it was a, it was an okay game. It wasn't a bad game by any means. Um, you know, Wilson, they had the Wilson taking a tumble and thinking he's out, and all of a sudden, hold on, Wilson's got his gear on, he's he's playing again. Um, so no, it, it was it was a really cool moment, uh, really cool game, uh, really just a really cool experience. And um, I mean, just as far as was it worth sending the Cubs to Iowa for a baseball game against the Reds when they're both trying to fight each other to stay out of the cellar? Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah. you know, all okay. the players all the players said it afterwards, like, regardless of, of you know, it's the, the logistics stink, and, you know, you have one game in Iowa, and then you got to go on the road and all that. Like, you, they, they left immediately after the game. Um, but it was a different game in a long it season. It was a fun yeah. game. That's the good part and about it. And it, it broke up the monotony of the game of the right. season – and, you know, all the guys would say, like, do it. Like, anyone that ever gets the opportunity, do it. Any other team that gets invited, take it. When I was fortunate enough to get to go, I went to the first Field of Dreams game in 2021. 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Yankees, the White good Sox. One. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that, was, sure. that was an they epic one to watch. <laughs> um, got to take my son. It was a really special moment. And um, But even this year, watching it on, on TV – and even though it was it was not like two contending teams, there's still something really special about it. And I like that baseball is doing a little bit more of this kind of thing because, you know, if you're trying to market yourself as a league, as a product, I think you need a little bit more of play into your strengths. You're not going to be the NBA. You're not going to be mm-hmm. the NFL. You can't compete with that because you're just not the same thing. So there are things about baseball that people like and that draws them to it and having a game in a cornfield in Iowa on the a movie set that's one of you're playing to your strengths that's part of the appeal of baseball I feel like baseball is such a nostalgic game more than any other sport it's nostalgic it's it's visual the visual aesthetic of you're out in a field and it's the summer and the sun's shining and all that like that's the stuff that people think about um, so that's why I love the Field of Dreams game, regardless of who's playing. Mm. I think it's such a good event that they put on yeah. that I, I hope it doesn't go away. I know I, they're not doing it next year. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to take a break. Frank it, said because be it's because they're building right little league yeah. fields basically there for other activities. It'll be cool. we need we need to uh, speed up we're a little bit here. <laughs> so September sixth, Hayden Wesnaski historic debut, and that's when he kind of. He came in, he gets his strikeouts, and another guy that showed you a little bit of that swagger, right? Yeah. It that, was. that game was like, we were like, well, the Efros deal looks pretty good. Yeah. That, that's a guy that we could see. He was the first, this was your stat, the first reliever since 1901 to log at least five scoreless innings while allowing two or less runs, hits. two or less hits, my bad, and a minimum of eight strikeouts in his debut. Yes. He was legit. And that, that yeah. was definitely a high point in the season. It, yeah, it was One because of them. when we talked about how Morrell and, and Brandon Hughes weren't like these highly touted prospects that the Cubs were bringing up, like they were obviously good prospects and had had success in the minor leagues, but they weren't at like this upper tier level of prospects that people were like just 
bring him up already. Bring him up already. Hayden Wisniewski was one that he came over, you know, from the Yankees, AAA, and it was kind of like, okay, like this kid, this kid's been a month in AAA. He's he's doing fine there. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to to see what you got in him at the major league level. Came up and immediately validated what the Cubs gave up in a trade for him. Um, he, it was it was a very impressive, uh, not start, a very impressive outing for him coming in relief. Um, and it, it was just he had a great a great last month. Like his first month in the big leagues was awesome for him. And I guess we'll see what it, where it takes him in twenty twenty three. But that first one was like okay, like the yeah, Cubs yeah. have something because the Efros trade at first first glance before you really looked at it was a little bit confusing so right why you're you trading like, your best reliever yeah he's he's one of your better guys and Control. he's not that old uh number nine on the list we go to september 20th at my miami win number 63 <laughs> for the cubs and if you know you know yes. we'll pause for a second to recognize it and we'll move on uh december March 17th 63 dansby day seven for 177 the next big moment was after the season wasn't the end of the season it was this offseason's biggest move, getting one of the four big shortstops and Dansby Swanson for seven years, $177 million, and you hope that it is now just adding another good player. You've, you've created a really solid middle defense, whether it's center field, shortstop, second base, catcher. You feel like up the middle, defensively, the Cubs have really gotten better, and it's a guy you can build around. Mm-hmm. He may not be the yeah. superstar player, that ends up leading the Cubs to the World Series, but you hope he's one of the really good players that helps yeah. lead the Cubs to the World Series. When, and given how they're kind of putting together this roster, he doesn't really need to be the superstar right. player. Um, and like we talked about last week, and you just mentioned the difference in defense that he makes up the middle, especially given that the shift is going away next year and you've got in your starting pitching staff, you know, not the like high strikeout type of guys. It's going to be a little bit more of ground balls, and you need the defense behind them to gobble that stuff up. So, getting Swanson's great for that. And you know, we when we had Ian Happ on the show on December twenty second. If anyone missed that episode, you can go back out. and watch it. <laughs> um, but uh, he mentioned that just the difference defensively of you know when you've got those two, Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson up the middle. It's yeah, it's exciting. Um, and for a while there, given the shortstop market, the way it was progressing at that point, it, you are uh, starting to look a little bit like, <laughs> oh, man, maybe they may come away empty-handed. Yeah. Now this whole Carlos Correa saga has is, is turned into right. you know, its, its own topic. But Looks like a blessing a little bit. They, yeah. You know, I mean, the smallest deal, mm-hmm. least expensive deal, and a guy who said all the right things, talked about winning yeah. and the culture he wants to create. I'm in on it. Um, so some of the things we left out, we left out the twenty-four nothing. Was it twenty-four? Was twenty-four nothing? I think you're talking about what was the, the score? There was a they beat Cody Pittsburgh. was at the game. It was talking the, about Cubs Pirates. Like yeah, Saturday what was the score? Day game. It was twenty-one nothing. Twenty-one yeah, nothing. Yeah, twenty-one to nothing. Um, yeah, Jim Barista. Yeah, he's saying twenty-four. That's why I was thinking. Jim he was uh, twenty-four. It was twenty-one. Ba- bachelor party on the rooftop that day. Good one. It was. Nice. I mean, you were at that game. I, I was at that game. Good one. Um, My scorecard was pretty pretty busy. What about what about David Ross flipping the double birds and getting caught on television? Yeah. I remember one live I TV that flipping moment. the birds. Yeah. At Jack Peterson, one as of my part favorite of joke. gifts that I've now got on my that, laptop forever. Yeah. The funny thing is, like that was still at the point when like the Cubs just didn't give us a lot to talk about outside of trade stuff because that yep. was right before the trade deadline. So 
Ross doing uh, flipping, getting caught flipping the double. <laughs> that birds. was good. I mean, good. T- Cubs Twitter had a field day. I know Corey was putting out meme after meme after meme on Twitter. Like it was that was a a, a good night. Maybe not for David Ross. Um, because he did come out the next day and apologize for it. That's right. He also but like swore on it was MLB fine. Network. Yeah. I also for, love, for the people on Twitter. He's fine. It was a great night. It wasn't, was a great night. How wasn't the story though a little bit of? It was like a tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he was joking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was yes. just to jock, like a little. But I, right. It kind of feels. Like, why'd the guy have to apologize? And then for I, it? I also loved other <laughs> moments like that where Wilson taking his bat and circling home plate for the umpire before he slammed the bat down in home plate and then got ejected. Yeah. That was another one of those. Uh, Wilson telling Christopher Morell, just breathe. Yes. yes. Oh, right. Just right. take yep. a breath. That shot right? was awesome. That yeah. Was that like that was a great cool shot. As much, as much as people hate on Marquis getting that shot of that was that was a great job. Wilson right behind Morell yeah. doing that, like, and that that took over Twitter. And then you know, right after that is when uh, he this, this was a sack fly. It was his his first yeah. ever career walk off. Uh, I don't remember who it was against, but it was they won. I mean, that was yeah, they won on, they a, <laughs> on a walk-off they sack won. fly. Uh, Fergie Jenkins Day, May twentieth, was very cool. The Esteban Quiros game from September twenty-first, when I made him our my um, who you got pick. I went oh Esteban Quiros, and he went like two for three and <laughs> shocked the world. I got three points for it, if I remember correctly. You gave yourself three so there were some there were some great. We had a lot of fun. We had the ice cream social could have been in there. Anyways, let's get to some. Uh, Ad reads here real quick. I, I just want oh. to hear what Christopher said here. He said, best oh. part of 22 is the pitching development, Nico, and the farm thriving. Ready yep. for 23. Thanks, CHO. Solid listen on dog walks for there all things go. Cubs. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. pitching development definitely is one of them. I just couldn't put it in one yeah. moment. I just think, right? more importantly, that oh, absolutely. Dog, it's dogs the, love Delmetrics. That's, that's right. Facts. Dogs love Delmetrics. That is true. Uh, the fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football. It's bowl season, and the action's far from over. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. I'm looking forward to a showdown of Michigan versus Georgia in the national championship. That's that's the showdown I want to see. Although I would take Ohio State versus Michigan repeat and Michigan beating them again. Anytime Ohio State loses, other than no offense to Justin Fields. And right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code CHGO. New members place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 if your team does it. That's code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details. And you want to go into the new year with some shady rays, Ryan. Well, first of all, back to that DraftKings real quick. I did tell you yesterday, if you listened, over on Mizzou, Kentucky. Easy call. Never a doubt. Thanks. Um, so if you bet, if you if you rode my uh, Mizzou pick of the week, you would have won some money. That's right. Okay. Um, but also, let me tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost, and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in a lake or off a cliff, anything, they'll replace them. 
even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. You get free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free. You get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Very nice. Shady Rays, 2023. Looking forward to it. Uh, As we look ahead to 2023, do you have a resolution for yourself covering the Cubs, guys? Or do you have a resolution for the Cubs, for CHGO Cubs? Do you have any resolutions that you're doing outside of baseball? Take an AG1 every day or something like that, you know? my I've got one, and it goes back to kind of our slogans that we talked about yesterday. Let's get this over in less than three hours. That's, that's always goal number one. Baseball needs to shorten the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not cranky old man. I'm just saying we don't all have three hours. Three hours or less, and then this team I would like to see. Here's... My low bar for the Cubs this season, 500. Yeah. They, they got to at least be 500 yeah. this season. I want to see them get to the postseason. That's what I really want. But at the, the floor for everything has to be, you got to be at least 500. I agree. I, I, we're talking about resolutions for this Cubs team. Like, they got to they gotta figure out a way to be more competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, last year they said it. Didn't happen. We can, you, know, blame, you can blame injuries, especially at the beginning of the year, but a lot of teams were dealing with that. Um, so that excuse kind of only goes a little you know, so far. Um, the Cubs have made some good additions that should help them be more competitive this year, and they got to take advantage of that. You know, they play in a, in a weaker division. Um, they know they're not in the NL West where everyone's getting up in arms, on, or, you know, their, their arms race or whatever they're having over there. They're not in the AL East. They're in the NL Central. Um, it's not – they probably won't win the division this year. Maybe they get lucky and do. Like, that's – that's a, a lofty goal, I guess, that they can possibly compete for the division title at this point. Uh, but there's no reason they can't be competitive in the division and compete with teams like the Cardinals and the Brewers. So as far as what I want to see out of the Cubs in 2023, their their resolution should be uh, win more games. Does Jared have one for Stogies? You got, a, you got a resolution? Oh, man. I mean, I probably can't say smoke more Stogies because <laughs> I'm, I'm probably pushing – yeah, the boundaries. Know, pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. there, but uh, I, I did. I got into something new this year. In that, in that same vein, I had a friend who sent me a pipe. Oh, oh you're going to be a pipe so guy. I've been dabbling oh, with that a little yeah, bit. I could see that, like I've an been, old yeah. like sea captain. My grandpa smoked That's right. a pipe. Yeah, like it's cherry tobacco. You'd smell. Yeah. So I, I don't think they'll let me bring that in the press box. <laughs> be nice if they did. But car ride home though. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And you maybe that's sing my some, resolution. Some sea shanties in the in your yeah. instead of doing mm-hmm. just a oh, picture. Yeah. That's videos. Interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'll keep. We'll still get the uh, post game cigars. That's that's a, a regular thing. Um, Very nice. You know, that's that's always a nice way to cap off covering a game. But uh, yeah, I think as far as the Cubs are concerned, it's we're all in the same spot. I think their their goal, their resolution, should be 
give people a reason to want to watch. Marquis Sports Network has yet to have a season that is worth anybody paying attention to. Um, The first year wasn't really their fault because, you know, COVID had its impact. But then 2021 turned out the way that it did. Then you have last year. So, you know, this having the Cubs having their own sports network was such a big selling point. It was, you know, the Ricketts have been very fired up about this. Mm-hmm. So now's the time to put the product on the field that makes people actually want to watch your network. And, go, and go to the game. Yeah. And go to the, the, right. This That's is right. the lowest overall or average attendance or whatever it was in 25 years, excluding those COVID impact oh, yeah. seasons. Like, they kind of, fans kind of showed you that they're not going to – not every game is going to be filled out or, or, or full capacity – if you're not a good team. <laughs> we, they we, showed you yeah. that. We saw some games where they would oh, announce man. a yeah. crowd of 30-some thousand, and I'm looking around going, there's not that The many. resolution no, yeah. should be the third, climb begins. Right. The climb begins in 2023. Yes. Back up. Right. All the way to the top eventually, but the climb needs to begin. Enough is enough. It's, reach it's reach 63 before September 20th. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thank you for all your support in 2022. This is the live podcast that we are finishing up, the last one for 20. But we have one more coming on Friday. And then 2023, the climb begins. Woo! Thanks for your support. And until then, fly the W. Happy New Year.